like all they do is bitch and complain about it. They drive you crazy. It's like, like you say, it's a rhetorical question. I'm like, oh, how you doing today? Oh, let me tell you the day I had. The car broke down and hit my leg. I, look at this. Look at the scrape I got on my leg. I mean, it's like, you know, yeah. and I can't get everything wrong. I got to get this electric bill paid by three or they're going to shut it off. You know, my God, I don't even know what I'm having for dinner. The sky is falling. And those are the people, take, those are the people that need to have a journal handed to them. They need a new life, Ava. What the hell do you mean a journal? So oftentimes you see a young person, maybe they're in trouble, something's happened, they, you know, something happened, they didn't do it quite right. And, uh, and, I, and I hear people say, well, you know, that's because of their upbringing. That's the way they were raised or, you know, or they're, they're hanging around with the wrong people. That's another thing. Like if you're a group of friends and you're hanging around with the wrong people, do you begin to emulate those people? And, and do you, of course, I mean, as kids growing up, we sort of emulate our parents, our siblings uh, to some degree. Maybe some of us don't. I don't think I did really. Of course, that's a whole other story here. We'll get into that in a moment. But uh, so this whole thing about your surroundings and how that impacts you can you break out of those surroundings and can you achieve other things in your life if you're only hanging around with people that are maybe less than stellar or people who have a totally different viewpoint than yourself? Where is the empowerment in you to be able to do that? Can you do that? Well, the big question on everyone's mind, it's a gender thing or is it? World peace, religion, sex, money, politics, climate change, big business, big ideas, and big egos. Nothing is off limits. As I'm joined by some of the most accomplished and highly opinionated women from the far left, the far right, and the far reaches of the planet. This is Malcolm Out Loud, and you're listening to Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Pleasure. Boy, we got a conversation today coming to us here, and I want to bring on our co-host today, Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Pleasure. We are in Season 2, friends, and uh, so great to be into a beautiful new year here. Please welcome back. Yvette Taylor is with us. She's the creator of the Energy Alignment Method and Transformational Mentor, and she's out of the UK. Missy Crutchfield is here. She's co-founder of Gandhi's Bee Magazine and of Gandhi Global Center for Peace out of the Tennessee area. And also, coming to us, our special guest today from Season 1, the great Ava Armstrong is here. And uh, she was certainly one of the stars in Season 1. And, uh, well, Ava is, is an author, first of all. She writes... She writes about cool people. She's a patriotic person. So she writes about the everyday person, the law enforcement officer, military people. People are doing cool things for uh, for the nation. And that's, uh, Ava's got a lot of books. I don't know how she keeps up with it all, but uh, <laughs> she is an author. And she was a co-host, of course, as you all know, on season one. Clearly, she was one of the big names on that show. And she's a weekly columnist at America Out Loud, and she's a producer for Viewpoint this Sunday on the platform, and very, very involved and engaged, as several of our co-hosts from Season 1 are, and we just uh, are so pleased to have her here. And so, Missy Crutchfield, Yvette Taylor, for the first time, you're meeting the great Ava Armstrong. So welcome, all of you, to this production today. It's good to have you all and uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a great conversation because you all have just terrific minds. And, you know, this whole topic we're going to cover today in regards to 
I think, you know, can we break out of those uh, those expected patterns in our life? Uh, kind of, you know, uh, you hear that a lot where they sort of blame it on your parents or they blame it on your friends. Yvette Taylor, I want to start with you because you're the psycho in this group. You sort of get it, right? <laughs> you're the psycho in this group. Let's talk psycho. So, oh, listen, well you, well, you always come up with, like, the greatest lines and information. I've learned so much from you in the time I've been on this show. Don't let that go to your head, by the way. But, um, but I have learned a lot from you. And this is when you're supposed to say back, Yvette, oh, Malcolm, I've learned so much from you. I mean, come on. What's the matter for you? So much from you, Malcolm, as well. You're the fun of all knowledge. You see, I'm twisting her. Yeah, yeah, right. right. (laughs) I'm twisting her arm as we say that, friends, right? You know, so. All right. So let's talk about this here in, in the shape of. Are we what, you know, do we, are are we kind of what we're nurturing here? Do we, um, uh, the people we hang with, for instance, uh, not sure in our youth, but also the people we hang with in our adult lives and our friends and those around us. Do we become part of those people, Yvette Taylor? So I, I think it depends which phase in our life we begin with. For me, it, the foundation of this definitely comes from those formative years, the first naught to four or naught to seven years of our life, because they are the foundation of who we are and what we learn and it's where we kind of code ourselves and all of our programming and make decisions about how we interact with other people or how we think about ourselves and most of that is coming in from our environment based on our perceptions of what other people say what other people do what other people think now the wonderful news is it doesn't matter where you were born or who you are or what happened in your past or what happened in your childhood mm-hmm. or where your journey began. Mm-hmm. It is the foundation. And yes, it does inform a lot of it, but it doesn't mean that it's the end. And I think very often people look back to their past and say, oh, you know, well, this happened and this happened and this happened. And therefore I'm stuck or I'm tarred with that brush. But absolutely, I believe absolutely everybody has the potential to change. So if it, 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 so, you're saying to me it, it all has an influence in us because it's those energies around us that you talk about all yeah. the time, but yet don't use that as an excuse or a bully Absolutely. pulpit, right? Is what you're saying? No. Yeah. No, it definitely isn't. It doesn't mean it's the end of because it is energy. Mm-hmm. It means that it can always be changed. Everything is energy and energy is always in motion. So mm-hmm. when we come at it from that principle, no matter what happened in your life in the right. past, right. it can be shifted, it can be changed, and it doesn't have to influence your life right now in the present. Right. Okay. So yeah, it's sort of that victim, victor mentality of am I going to be a victor? Am I going to be a victim or whatever, of whatever the circumstances or surroundings are in your life. Listen, I know a lot of folks and I see a lot of people who do a lot of complaining, a lot of crying about what if or how come or the the blues or it didn't go quite right or something happened or whatever it is. And you know, Yvette, I get so tired of hearing those excuses. It really, I am, you know, I want to have compassion for people always, but that annoys the hell out of me. See, so for me, I believe a lot of that comes from what we're talking about here is that that nurturing from the beginning is Mm -hmm. most people aren't demonstrated how to empower themselves from a very young age. Most communication that we have or we're taught, and this is a very, very generalized statement, I, I know, but a majority of people are taught how to communicate in the world through 
either being the victim or mm. disempowering others mm. or, or controlling somebody else. So mm. I'm not giving it as an excuse to them, but most people don't know how to empower themselves through conversation or how to demonstrate oh, their wow. inner strength. What you just they, said they just about disempowering others. My golly, mm. is that a disease that people have? Missy, talk to uh, that point that Yvette has put out there now because disempowering others. Listen, I find these are, and, and, and Missy, and I'm going to say this, you may not like this, but this is <sighs> really what to me are the losers of the world. Those people who go around disempowering other people, and I think they do that from a point of the fact that they don't know how to empower themselves and so they want to take other people right. down. And that just really ticks me off. Yes, uh, it's it's sad because every time they try to attack you, attack you or take you down, um, they're, they're trying to get some kind of power from it or, wow, I took her down, so I must be, or took him down, so I must be special. Or, but what they're doing is they're projecting their weaknesses. They're showing their, their flaws. They're saying, you know, I, I, I don't believe in myself. I'm not choosing light. I'm not, I'm not trying to lift up. So if, if somebody attacks you and we've, we've all, all been there, at, at whatever you level you are in life, all of a sudden you you start rising and somebody wants to keep you down because they perhaps don't believe that they can rise. So there's comfort in keeping you down at their level. Um, so you just you just have to try to not give it energy and not give it focus. And as much as they attack you, you have to try to say, you know, what they think of me is, is not my business and use it as a sign perhaps that I'm doing something. Winston Churchill, one of my favorite quotes said, so you've made a few people angry. Good for you. That means you've stood for something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. wow. <laughs> well, what, I like that. <laughs> well, he said, he said a lot of wise things, didn't he, in his life, Missy? You know, I mean, yeah. it's, if you're going through hell, keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's so quotable. I know. Yeah. I know. He's. I mean, let's face it. I mean, who wants to stop in hell, right? Think about that. Psychologically, it's like, <laughs> if I end up there by accident, Yvette, I'm going to keep running like hell, like to get to yeah. the other side of wherever that is, right? By accident, Malcolm? I'm not sure it'll be accident. Oh, I'm not going to hell. I'm going to heaven, love. I mean, the good Lord is going to raise me up. And uh, absolutely, I'm one of the disciples out here. I'm preaching the good word, love. So. If you don't leave this place with wings, I'll be surprised. There you go. I got a hit. Right. So, all right, Ava, 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 you wrote a very interesting uh, piece and column, which you always do. You're just a brilliant, one of the best writers, authors I know on the planet. Well, and uh, yeah, that's the truth. And. Um, so you wrote one a little while back here, what you nurture in your life will grow and blossom. And let's let's kind of bring into that particular piece you wrote because it kind of subsets some of this of what we're talking about. And I'll link it, by the way, to the show post when this goes live on the platform. Uh, talk to us about your intended consequences of that piece, that article, please. I was really concerned. Um, I've spoken quite a bit on Twitter and social media with a lot of young people, millennials, um, and they're kind of trying to find themselves right now. And one of the things that I, when I spoke with them, I found was a resounding theme. They just feel very lost. They feel left out. Um, they're not sure if they, if they will pursue a certain uh, track for employment there were lots of questions, and I think in the in the olden days, I'll I'll reflect back to when I was younger and and 
my mom and dad's time, um, you know, people just sort of went into a career after high school or they went on to college to become a professional. That was pretty much the dividing line. Um, and back then there were jobs in factories. There were, you know, other jobs that people could do very easily. So the career path or the path forward now for young people, it's very difficult and it's also fraught with landmines, I would say. Um, and by landmines, I mean huge expectations are sometimes put on children to perform well because they must go to college. They must get a four-year degree. They must follow in dad's footsteps. And it's really dangerous to do that with a youngster, I think. Um, the other thing that I think we're failing our young children by not telling them what the future will hold for them, things like robotics, um, you know, talking with them about current events, right. um, helping them learn online through free resources like Khan Academy and things like that, and really kind of um, guiding them into something, a career path that they're already naturally interested in, because that's where your happiness will lie. It will be in that area that you're already drawn to, if it's technology or if it's art or if it's, you know, you're a vocalist and you sing very well, um, whatever it is that that gift that that child has, that needs to be nurtured. And that's why I wrote the article. I'm hoping that people will read that and kind of look at their child differently or or a friend or a cousin. Or and look say, at themselves oh. differently. Or look at themselves yeah. differently. You know. Exactly. And, you know, all of this really comes out of journaling. I wanted to bring that up because mm. one of the greatest gifts I think that any parent can give to a child is a journal, Wow. a blank journal. Mm -hmm. And to have that child daily write their thoughts at the end of the day or the beginning of the day, whatever it, whatever it suits, and just keep that journal and do it on a, in a religious fashion because it's, it's really amazing how much you can put in a journal. Mm -hmm. And then later when you read it, mm -hmm. everything kind of falls into place. It, it's, it's very telling. You know what would be really cool, Ava? And I don't know, I'm sure somebody has done this. Uh, your concept of the journal is if mom would journal the experience of the child growing up from early forward and then hand the journal to their child at whatever, 18 or 20 or something else, that would be very cool. Imagine journaling your kid and then giving it to your kid, all the various pieces of, you know, when they did the good things, when they took their first step and when they made their first mistake and how they overcame the first mistake and what happened. You, you ever hear that being done? It's kind of cool, isn't I, it? I sort of did that with my daughter. You're going to laugh, but, um, I, you know, I've been writing, I think, ever since I could hold a pen. Mm -hmm. And I did some poetry um, in her baby album. Wow. And I have photographs of her and... I've written, you know, a poem about or, or just some prose about that event. You know, like one day it was it was really funny. There was a snowstorm and I had her bundled up in a stroller in a snowstorm. And, you know, it was a photograph of that. Mm -hmm. And I wrote a little bit about it. And it was just, you know, mother daughter things that we did together. Right. And, uh, right. That would yeah, be really, very cool. And I look back on that with such fond memories. Oh, I mean, I mean, come on. I mean, as a kid, I'd love to have had that book from my parents um, 
you know, to know kind of the highs and lows because we're not really there. I mean, listen, when you're three, four, six, eight, you don't remember those moments and days. Certainly when you're younger, you're younger. Some of us have like fleeting memories or glimpses of things from our mind, but we really don't remember all the things that happened back in the earlier days. And it would be kind of cool to capture some of that. Imagine being able to sit down and read a book later in your life that your mom or your dad wrote for you on the various things that happened. That's That's got to be priceless. Yvette, have you ever heard of that being done on your watch? It was it was a wonderful idea, and I started out with the best of intentions. Ava, I take my hat off to you. Um, I'm not saying this on public radio, but you know, people always buy you those my baby's first books. Right. Mm-hmm. I I still have my baby's first book, and it still has the first page complete. I think the rest of the you still bad girl, you. So you when you were saying that, it. I was like. Mm, okay, Malcolm, I'm not sure where I would have squeezed that in in those early days, but it's a beautiful idea for those people oh, who, are, who I think it's wonderful, but holding my hands up. So you days. cheated your kid then, if that is what you're saying. Yeah, I'm, I'm awful. <laughs> I mean, let's put it out there. You cheated your kid. Not, All this I'm time I, I held you in such high esteem, but you're just telling me you cheated your kid. I know. I wasted my time teaching him things like confidence and being nice. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, just because I'm a writer doesn't mean I'm a good mother either. I'm sure there were many things that my daughter could probably tell you. She could probably write something quite interesting. But um, I think writers are very reclusive normally, and uh, that's me. And I'm a bit of an introvert. So I'm sure, you know, growing up with a mother like me, was mm-hmm. probably different on, you know, coming from her viewpoint as well. But I'm very proud of who she's turned into. So Absolutely. she's a very different, very different person than I am. Of course. So. Well, it's supposed to be that way, Ava. Yep. I mean, you yep. know, that's the way it's supposed to be. You know, you just you hit on a good point. And, uh, you know, it's funny, uh, Missy, I want to talk to you about when Ava started Life Liberty, when she just said she was an introvert. She really was an introvert. I remember when I first talked to her, I I remember her freezing up on the conversation. Like, I, I don't think that's really for me, thank you. When I invited her on to be a co-host on Life Liberty, you know, early on. And it was like, eh, I don't know. It's going to be like, you know, because she really is. But, you know, it, in a lot of ways, uh, Ava, this has been like s- totally, um, you've embraced it. I mean, you've become like a... Uh, uh, just a really interesting personality on here with this. So you, you actually have overcome that part of you, I think, in some interesting ways, no? Yes. Yeah, I think in some ways yeah. I have, yes. You have. I mean, Which I've heard is you. A beautiful, sorry, I was, is a beautiful example of just because it was how you were, See? it doesn't mean it can't change. See? That's right. exactly what we were talking about earlier. It's like yes. it doesn't matter where you're at in life. Yeah. All of these things, we're always growing. We're always being nurtured. We're always evolving. And it doesn't mean that we need to stop just because of where we began. So no, you're so right about it. Yeah. Sure. She's a living example of what we're talking about right now because it just came to me and dawned on me. And yet she's doing so many things on in the public space now um, that it makes it interesting. So we can become what we want to become and we can overcome these kinds of things, I believe. Your past informs you, but it doesn't define you. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Missy, those are profound words. Say that again, please. (laughs) 
Your past informs you, but it doesn't define you. I work with students at an alternative school, and I, I remind them of that. And they're they're so young and, and really so brilliant and creative. And they've just made bad choices, just like we all have in life. Unfortunately, they got caught, and the rest of us didn't. And so they have to live with a record or whatever. And so I say, you can overcome this. You, you are not your past mistakes. Your past informs you, but it doesn't define you. That yeah. is so beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. That is so important for people to take that lesson away, what you're saying, because it there are so many people I know, Missy, who live in the past and mm-hmm. it really does define them because they never ever get over it. They keep giving it their power. It's crazy. It, it, this is one of the biggest things, Missy, I see with folks out there. And listen, I grew up with five sisters, so I know a little bit about what you're talking about here, who really just constantly were, you know, I don't know, I just remember those days a young boy. They were dating guys and people and mistakes and seemed like they were with a guy all day. I mean, it was, they drove me crazy, Missy, growing up. Now you see why I am the way I am today. You know? Wonderful. <laughs> so, I, you know, because I had all that influence. But there really is something about... That defining and getting over that. Learn, you know, I, I really, really look at our past and our mistakes and our missteps as valuable, valuable nuggets and lessons of life. And they allow us to not only learn from them, but they allow us to open up new doors because they allow us, they tell us what doors are not good, what roads not to go down. Uh, so to me, it's a living example of, you know, okay, that's not working. That's not working. And of course, stupidity is doing the same things again and again and again and expecting a different result, (laughs) which doesn't really happen. And and you know, but you know something though? Can anybody define what I just said and compare that to the fact of determination, persistency? Now, now think about this a moment. Doing the same thing again and again and again and expecting the same, a different result they say is, you know, a, 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 it's an oxymoron kind of thing, okay? <clears throat> but then in the other case, where does, where does that line cross where, well, that, 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 that lady was so persistent. She was so determined. Like, right. <laughs> like where's the fine line between those things? Do you have any idea, Missy? Because I don't know. Yeah, you can, I guess you can argue both of them, but was it Einstein who's the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over (laughs) expecting different results? I think it was one of those brilliant thinkers, but yeah, I'm kind of with you. I mean, if it's, if I I think this is where you go Hmm. to your heart and your passion. And I think that when something Hmm. feels good and your emotions and messages like, I love this, this is who I am. Those are your biggest indicators of what you were born to do, Mm -hmm. your passion, your purpose in life. And so that I think you need to follow. So it depends what what the maybe the subject matters of what's happening. Well, I'm going to go to my heart and my passion in just a moment. When we pause on the other side, I'm going to bring back Yvette Taylor, which is our heart and our passion here, right? And she'll clear it up for us, this whole thing about that definition to define, because I really don't know the answer to this, and I have struggled with it for a lot of years, the element of persistency and determination in compared to the clause of stupidity of what you say, Missy, that Einstein did. Anyways, you get the picture, people. Just hold it right there. We'll be right back. Think back to the last time you felt healthy and energized. The best times of our lives occur when we're at the peak of our health, sleeping better, full of energy and focus. 
We know that fades with age, and you might be feeling the effects of aging as low energy and poor sleep. But it doesn't have to be that way. There haven't been any nutrition systems designed to rejuvenate our bodies as we get older until now. Healthy Cell Pro is the only multinutrient system that impacts the building block of your body, the cell. Created by anti-aging expert and Nobel Prize nominee, Dr. Vincent Giampapa, award-winning Healthy Cell Pro cuts through the complexity of nutrition supplements by simply giving you the purest ingredients, filling dietary gaps to nourish your cells and enhance your quality of life for optimal performance. Visit HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount or call 844-869-9958. Let the silent voices be heard. It's the rallying call that started it all. AmericaOutloud.com For a wide spectrum of programming from world and political news, societal and cultural stories, law enforcement, our military heroes, and much more. News blogs, informative podcasts, and entertaining videos. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of pleasure, season two, and we are in the pursuit of a lot of cool things today, friends. We have here, Missy Crutchfield is here, Yvette Taylor, and Ava Armstrong is with us today on, uh, well, this is season two, but Ava is visiting us, uh, and we're talking here about all of this nurturing and about really finding our passion, our groove, uh, defining who we are, uh, but really and truly, uh, you know, the things that happen in our lives, uh, the people we hang with, uh, do these necessarily make up who we are always, or can we define a different path, a different road? Because it is a struggle for a lot of people who can't seem to do that. Okay, so I put the really million-dollar question out there just moments ago from my life, and and I've often I wonder about this all the time because I hear two different schools of thought, Yvette. So I know you've already been thinking about this because I'm going to put you on the spot, Miss Taylor. <laughs> but this is a big deal because nobody has been able to solve this puzzle. And so let's see if you can. So here's on one hand we have, well, that person is so persistent, so determined. Man, that's how they, like Michael Phelps, winning all those gold medals when he was a bit of a schmuck up front. And yet he pulled it off and said, oh man, this guy is like the determination. This guy is incredible. Okay. Versus the fact that you try, you try, you try, you try, you, you don't get anywhere. You don't get anywhere. You keep doing it. You keep doing it. You keep doing it. And at some point somebody says, what a damn fool. That guy, that lady just doesn't get it. They don't know when to step off of the, the, the crack pipe. So tell me, Yvette, how do we do that? Honestly, <laughs> I have to agree with Missy. I think it does come down to the subject because if it is driven by something inside you, mm-hmm. like from your heart energy inside you driving you to do it, I believe that's more to do with your calling and what you're here to do in the world. And most people that break the mold and those people that people are talking about mm-hmm. are the people who step outside the norm and they have been driven by their passion. They've been driven by something inside. Mm. I think the people that you would probably say, are, you know, get off your crack pipe, you're a bit crazy and a bit mental, may possibly, and that's obviously always down to someone's judgment, but I think they're possibly coming at it from a place of push 
or fear or a need to conquer and maybe that hasn't been driven by from the same place and therefore um it's not coming from that place of i know i've got this inner knowing that this has to happen it's coming from more a place of needing to conquer and control and you know i must win which those are the times when i would say stop that's when i'd say it's not stupidity but just the time to give in it's it's a different energy behind it interesting and yes and Ava, you as an author, and you know, you say you've always held a pen as long as you can remember. Uh, mm-hmm. You're a very successful author, but I guess I bring that up because when you, as a vet, as you are saying, when you follow your passion and it's your mission. In other words, if it's your dream, we're all. I, I really believe we're all supposed to find our dream, and mm-hmm. nothing is sadder to me. And I've said this so many times to you all. Nothing is sadder to me than for somebody to wake up in their 70s or 80s. And, and of course, I don't think it's ever too late, by the way. So let me say that too. Give you that qualifier, please. But it, nothing is sadder to me than to find that person that has not been able to accomplish what they really want to accomplish in life or just to discover their sanctity of life, that dream, that purpose. That to me is really, this is where the glue is in life. Um, do you know what I'm talking about? I mean, that's Yeah, and I do. What were you doing at age seven, Malcolm? Well, that's a great question. I was actually walking up and down the street selling stuff on the, I was a little, I was a little salesman. So what I did as a young entrepreneur, my grandmother used to make these crazy things, Ava, and I used to go door to door selling them to the neighbors. And then what I would do is I would go up to the local department store, which is no longer in business. It was a department store called Atlantic Department Store, sort of an earlier version of a Walmart, if you will. And he used to buy, do you remember the 45 RPMs, the 45? Oh, yeah. Put, yeah, the 45s. So, you know, the, the, yeah, the little 45s when you had a hit single. So I used to buy a package of those. You'd get like a package of 10, you'd get a certain price. Then I would come home and I would sell them in the bulkhead of my home. We'd open up the bulkhead. We had like a two tenement bulkhead. And I would sell all of these 45s and various things I purchased in bulk from the store. I would sell them to the kids in the neighborhood to make some money. Ah, very interesting. So it's similar to what you're doing now, actually. Well, I was the Warren Buffett of my time. What do you think, Lynn? Entrepreneur. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was very, and I had, and I had multiple paper routes, Ava. So I would get a paper route, and then I would expand it, and I would add more paper routes. Yeah, I was. I had this. I had this thing into me. I loved capitalism, I guess, Ava. <laughs> yeah, it, that's loved, very interesting. It because psychologically, by age seven, it, children will already give you clues about what they're meant to do as a vocation. And if you're really paying attention to those children enjoy, the things that they do when they're alone, that they they just can't get enough of, like maybe it's music, maybe it's writing, maybe it's drawing, maybe it's uh, selling newspapers, maybe it's writing books, maybe it's, you know, all these different things, photography, it could be anything. Um, whatever that child is spending a lot of time so doing. So true, so true. Pay so attention true. to that. Because so pay attention. That's something. so true. Ava, I've got to tell you, I was I was always wanted to be in the leadership role. So I always wanted to be the cat on stage. I loved public speaking. I sucked in algebra, okay? I was not an algebra yep. kind of boy, okay? Algebra yep. and geometry, you could wallpaper the walls with it. Did not like it, did not want it. 
Uh, I mean, you know, no thank you, no no green eggs and ham for me, please, okay? So right. I was always in the creative side. I was a public speaker. So I used to want to be the leader. So I, if we played church, I wanted to be the pastor or the minister or what have you. Right. When we played church, I, a school, I was the teacher, I was the principal. We used to build forts in the woods, and I would want to be the mayor of the town or some damn right. thing. And I would, all right, let's go. We're going to lead the church. So I was this little rebel that would run around and I would create this. You could see little Malcolm being a little chaos here, trying to create and get everybody together and have some fun. And we used to, and that's kind of what, who I was at seven, six, seven, eight. But that's you who know? you are now, see? Yeah. That's uh-huh. who you are. And isn't that interesting, though? Hmm. When you think about it, I never thought about it forever since I, I've never mm-hmm. put it in that context. And so I hope parents listening to this mm-hmm. will look at their children that are seven and think, what are they interested in? <laughs> you know, what are they doing right now? And to enhance that, you know what I'm saying is to yes. is to actually open doors for them and, and just, you know, bring more of that to them. And it's just amazing to watch a child blossom like that you know just grow well if your seven-year-old then is stabbing the kids next door and stealing shit from the neighbors you got problems of that taylor don't you well yeah that you know that child is probably gonna be a criminal well no not necessarily because i do think i this is this is one thing that you'll find unique about me i think that every person has a purpose and has something inside of them that is a gift so that child is probably acting out because there's probably a lot of stifling. Of now, that wait a minute. Damage. When you say every person, you mean somebody who's out killing people has a purpose? They, they probably have a purpose. I'm saying, you know, there was something catastrophic that happened to them to prevent the purpose from emerging. Yeah, okay? they were stealing and stabbing kids at seven. I just said that, right. man. Come on. Right. And, even, and even some of those people, the vi- people that are violent, mm-hmm. um, I know because I married a guy like this that was violent he wasn't violent he grew up in extreme poverty and there was lots of violence where he grew up Hmm. and he joined the boy scouts and i'm telling you it changed his whole i was in the boy scouts too i was in the naval cadets and i'm telling you my husband is just the most stand-up guy the you know law and order he wanted to become a policeman really so just to give you an idea but um he he's he has a mechanical gift and that was that was him as a little boy. Thank goodness he got involved in those things. He got involved in building bicycles and building little, you know, cars and things like that. And, you know, that kept him from being a bad kid. And the thing is, he grew up, like I said, he was very disadvantaged. He had an alcoholic mother, no father. There were seven kids in the family, all from different fathers, you know. it was This was a tremendous burden to place on a child. However, he's a successful human being. Well, you swept so, him off his feet. How couldn't he be, right? I mean, no, come he on. Was, he was before he met me. He was already... Um, yeah, but nobody has know. to know that. Take all the credit for it, Ava. Don't be <laughs> such a fool. I mean, What <laughs> attracted me to him was the fact that he didn't smoke, he didn't drink. Hey. He was very much into physical fitness. My kind of guy. And, That's it. And you know the other thing? I'll tell you what the aphrodisiac was for me. Mm-hmm. Incredible, impeccable manners. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't think that coming from that background. He, he could be—he he could be my brother, Ava. I'm going to take credit here. He could be my brother. <laughs> no. All right, Missy, I gotta—I gotta ask Missy about James. We got—he's become sort of a, a, a folk hero here on the show here. Uh, so tell us what he was like at seven. Was he your son? Now we're speaking of your son, who's now what? Twenty? Twenty? What? Twenty. He's twenty. Twenty. Now. 
Yeah, okay. he's kind of like the ghost uh, co-host. He keeps appearing on every <laughs> show now. <laughs> well, you know, he's always been very sensitive. And at seven, he started coming up with these um, thoughts that I was just blown away one day, you know, by the depth and the sensitivity of this, he came up to me and he, he'd done this little caricature, caricature drawing that inspired a little booklet that I did to help kids kind of uh, channel what's on their hearts and minds and bothering them in their communities. And we called it Think and Draw. So he inspired that by a little, uh, I'd taken him to, I worked with different uh, issues and I'd taken him to a teenage suicide prevention event. And we spent just a little time there and I didn't want to stay there too long, but it, it made such an impact on his heart that he created this little caricature about don't take your life with an angel talking to the person. Your life is worth more than that. You are important. And then he also said to me, he goes, Mom, you know, hell is just the shadow of heaven. And I'm going, where is this child coming wow. up? With? How old was he when he said that? He was like seven. Really? Wow. Yeah. And he's, you know, through his life, he's so sensitive. And there's a there's a, a dark side of this sensitivity because you get hurt. And when you're a child, and then all the hormones and puberty start kicking in and your feelings. And and so, you know, you can you can that's not always, oh, I'm strong. We're not, you know, it's sometimes it's it, we don't just always go, oh, I can handle this. I can handle this. So sometimes you have and we've had our ups and downs and we've had our issues to come through. But I am I am so happy to say that I'm. I'm inspired and truly see this this amazing adult human being that he's becoming and how he's sharing his insight and his life with others and really trying to be the change. Mm -hmm. Really trying to be the change. It, it, it really does come back to us. Our upbringing is a piece of it, as Yvette had pointed out, but being able to change and nurture ourselves into becoming something more and different. I'm an example of that in my own life because... I grew up in a different format with seven in the family, and I didn't connect with a lot of my youth uh, in a way that I was just, you know, you hear that saying, ladies, the black sheep, he's the black sheep of the family, right? You've heard that, you know? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was beyond the black sheep. I was like uh, excommunicated. I mean, I just never connected <laughs> with my youth. I mean, not even a sheep, Malcolm. I, 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 was, I was what, Yvette? You weren't even a sheep. I weren't, weren't a sheep. Even a no, sheep. was no sheep, yeah. Uh, but I didn't connect with my youth. You know, Yvette, for me, it was like I was in a place I didn't feel like I belonged. I was in a family I wasn't sure I should be in. I didn't connect with my surroundings as a kid. I felt very disconnected and like I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. And I had to struggle to find my way out of that. Hmm, interesting. Interesting piece as well in the Huffington Post I want to get into. Seven steps to nurturing your inner self. I'm going to take a quick pause here. We'll be right back in just a moment. Well, the Out Loud Perspective awaits you in life, love, politics, a healthy lifestyle, your faith, personal development, and living an out loud life on AmericaOutloud.com. Blitz your news and entertainment network where you can listen 24-7 on our free apps on both Android and Apple. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. Okay, 
Okay, welcome back. Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Pleasure Season 2. It is Malcolm Out Loud here. Our co-host today on the show, Yvette Taylor, is here. Missy Crutchfield and Ava Armstrong. And we are talking here about really our upbringing, but later on in life, about finding our way. Uh, kind of our purpose, our passion, our mission, our dream. Listen, let, all right, it's early in the year here. This is a perfect time to stake out your ground and to find your step. Really what I want for all of you, uh, I, my, what I pray for each of you is to find your passion in life, your dream. That, that's my hope. That's my, that's my New Year's wish for each and every one of you. Because if you can do that, whatever it is, uh, it, it, it's not so much I'm worried about what it is you're doing or not doing, but it's finding your groove, your passion, your mission of life, the dream. Because that, I think, as Yvette and Missy and Ava were, were pointing out, that is really worth being persistent about that's that's i think what we're defining now as the exception to the rule like ava is a great author she's a phenomenal author that's her gift that's what she does now yvette she's all about the energy i mean she's got an entirely customized program about this she is all over it and she makes a lot of common sense now and then again, Yvette does. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and Missy Crutchfield. And Missy is all about, I mean, Missy is defined by world peace. Um, and, you know, and you're not going to rock her boat. She, whether you agree with her or disagree with her, she is right. just, she's going to hold hands and sing in the sunset. And, you know, she's going to smile whether you like it. And those kind of people can really piss you off sometimes, you see? <laughs> yeah. Because, really, because you kill them with kindness. You change them with love and kindness. You genuinely look in their eyes and and just keep, focus on, you know, inside this person's anger and their pain. And you haven't walked in their shoes and you don't know what it was that happened yeah. that brought them to this anger. It can't possibly be all about me. Mm-hmm. So you just send them love and light and you think about, you know, I've been in, in moments and times when I felt just terrible and, and I probably didn't smile as sincerely as I would have liked so you just try to focus on that it's not always easy no it's not always easy but I'm so glad to, Missy I'm so glad to hear you say that because whenever yeah. you speak I'm like oh my god she's really got this together and then she's like yes it's not it's not always easy it's not always easy exactly that she's really got this yes, together and, it, and it's so incredibly rare that if I let somebody in front of me in line at the grocery store or something. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like everybody looks at you like, wow. <laughs> right? It's like it's just a kind gesture, especially yeah. if it's like an elderly person and they only have a couple of items. When you say so rare, does that mean like you never do it or does that mean like people don't do it out there? Or are you a kind soul well, who does people that? People look at me like I'm a unicorn, right. you know? Right. Like, yeah. why did you let that person go ahead of you? And it's like, well, can't you see they have a walker and they're, you know, they have like four items. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, my goodness. Right. You know, I know some people who, who would say, hey, take your walker and hold the door open for us. Will you please? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you said it's a yeah, we, need, we need more Missy Crutchfields in this world and we need more kindness. Wow. More kindness, more patience. That all needs to be. Yes. Wow. And you see, Ava has such a big heart. Now, here it is, you two. What's amazing about you two, and I, of course, I love you both, but you're totally different political sides of the aisle, and it doesn't matter. That's right. the beauty of this conversation and this show. It yeah. brings everybody together to understand what's our pluses, what's, our, you know, 
isn't it so true, ladies? Why do people and why do why does community? And this is this is a question for my brain over here, Yvette Taylor. So let me I give the hard questions to Yvette. Okay, so <laughs> Yvette, this is another one for you. So why is it that people tend to focus on everything? I, it's another thing that really pisses me off about people in life. I guess is I got all these things, these problems that bother me, Yvette. I I don't know what's going on, man. But why do people they 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 use all of this to um, instead of focusing on the positive, they lead with all the negative they lead with everything that is wrong or separates them as people instead of talking about what connects us and this is what i think is wrong with our entire system do you have an answer for that absolutely i think on a on a personal level i think for a lot of the a lot of people it's it's more of an offload when someone says "How, how have you been very rarely does someone say, oh, my God, the most amazing things have happened. This has happened, this happened, this happened. Unless you're talking to Missy or Ava or yourself, obviously. But most of the time, people are offload all of the, oh, this has happened and this so has happened right. and this has you're happened. so right. And it, it kind of comes back to what we were talking about earlier with the the way in which we've been taught to communicate with one another. Mm-hmm. Um in, in the work that I do, we talk very much about something called the Cartman Drama Triangle. And there are three three places in that. One is the victim, one is the persecutor, one is the rescuer. Okay. And most people are taught that to be safe or to be loved or to get sympathy, you need to be in that victim space. And the victim person is the one who will say, oh, this has happened and this has happened and this has happened and this has happened. And therefore, love me is what they're really asking for by offloading all of that stuff is feel sorry for me, give me some love, give me some sympathy, give me some kind of nurturing and make me feel better. You make me feel better mm-hmm. by me sharing all of this stuff with you. I want you to make me feel better. Mm-hmm. And that often comes down to this belief that the way that we feel or what we think or what's going on is something outside of us for somebody else to fix it for us rather than knowing that it's something inside of us to begin with. Boys. So that well said when you we're talking about children before the age of seven right. when do we get the most love and attention from our friends our family and our parents when we're kids when we're happy and healthy or no, when, when we're sick distressed. when we're sick when, when we're sick hurt, your when sympathy right Right. And wow. so we learn, we learn it before oh, we wow. even know how to talk yeah. as a baby. Yeah. As a baby, what does a baby do? They cry, they get love, they get attention. Mm. And right. so it's, this isn't, people aren't out there deliberately doing this because they just want to be a pain in your ass, Malcolm. Um, you know, they're doing it because. So if we, I cry more, will I get more attention from the ladies on yes, the show? I wonder if that. We will change your nappy, Malcolm. We'll give you a hug. But it, and it's I'm not changing thing. his nappy. Wait a minute. Go to sleep, young man. Go to sleep. Shut up. You're, and you'll give me a spanking too, I bet. I would. Yeah. No, 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 no. The, the line drawn there. But it's it comes down to that nurturing thing. And I'm not saying, you know, stop hugging your baby or don't go to them when they're crying. But it's inbuilt from the moment we're born that right. when I cry, when I'm hurt, when I'm distressed, if I tell somebody enough, they will come and solve this thing. For so me. what and you're that's... saying is when the kid is crying, we should tell the kid to shut the hell up and not, not hug no. him and everything, right? No, no, no. Is no, that no, what you're no, saying, no. Yvette? That's not what I'm saying all at right. all. No. But Age when they are old, when they're old enough to start understanding, and that's where it comes down to the way we nurture our children as they grow, instilling the things that we were talking about earlier, like confidence and passion and educating them about themselves and how to manage their emotions and who they are and how they stand in the world. 
we can overcome so much of that need later on to see the positive in life to see how wonderful things are and like Ava said journaling is a brilliant way to do that because they can list these are all the great things that happened in my day and they start seeing the amazing things that happened rather than focusing Yvette Taylor I so want to be like you when I grow up love I so want to be like you you're me too you are you too missy (laughs) yes he's awesome I want to be like you But, you know, um, we're, we model it. I think what we're all saying is that we, we model this behavior as parents to our children and teach them. And then as adults and just human beings living in the world, we continue, like Ava was talking about in the grocery store line, we continue to model positive behavior. Uh, negativity is as contagious as positivity. So choose the positive. But, you know, Arun Gandhi learned uh, from his grandfather, Mahatma Gandhi, and he's co-founder of, of Gandhi Global Center for Peace. And he has a, a little exercise, kind of a drawing that he learned as a child from his grandfather. And um, and he teaches this today, and it's so effective. And it's it's a tree of, of violence that you draw. And um, he talks about the passive violence is far worse. I mean, we focus on the violent violence in the world and talk about it in the news. But he said it's the passive violence that's the most dangerous because that's the one that fuels the violence Mm -hmm. so you know when you roll your eyes at somebody when you when you sneer at them when you when you bully them when you you know whatever you do or cut them off in your car all of these things build up build up build up and then they have these explosions so what he would do his grandfather asked him every night on this tree of 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 violence you write down all the ways that you contributed to this passive violence and then he learned he started thinking about it so now he talks about that that the passive violence is the fuel it's the gasoline that feeds the violence so these are good exercises for children and as adults to think about very good It, it is so true to say that the choices we make in this life i mean they're they're going to dictate all of this i mean they're going to dictate who we are and the kind of quality life we live and it's all a reflection of the people we hang with and who we are and the mindset and as you say that so much of this comes from when we're younger and as you resemble by your time you're seven and i and it's it's accurate i mean it's very very accurate that this is why those of you who have young kids like that you have a three three-year-old now right three three yeah, yeah i can't believe you've got a three-year-old wow <laughs> and uh, so you you got the uh, you got the three-year-old and so you know how important all of this is, it, yeah. you know, to have that well-balanced uh, person, that human being. So many people didn't have that. And there's a lack of that out there. There's a lack of respect and a lack of decency, which, Missy, is what you rail against all the time. We're trying yes. to get people to, you know, put on their best hat and come mm-hmm. together to the table to do something that's more positive for life. Um, that really has been the, uh, that's the premise of, this show and this conversation, the things we're talking about. Ladies, I want to talk about, I promised, listen, it's just um, through the last break there, this uh, interesting piece that you all commented on as well, Seven Steps to Nurturing Your Inner Self, which is what we've been kind of talking about here, clearly, uh, because your inner self is going to reflect your outer self. I mean, who you are and what you are and everything about you is what's going to come across to people. And we'll determine whether people uh, want to hang with you or not <laughs> when it comes down to it. Uh, so let's talk about some of the steps in here. Because as I look at this, this is from the Huffington Post, by the way. And this was written by Lauren Mackler, uh, was the author of The Seven Steps to Nurturing Your Inner Self. What's your favorite on here? What's your favorite um, step, if you will, or lesson in here 
if you will. Let's all go around the table and talk about that. Uh, who wants to go first? Um, I love the very first two, um, send loving messages to yourself, and that tailors right into journaling every day. Um, and the second one, take good care of yourself, mm -hmm. um, getting plenty of sleep, um, fresh air, exercise, keeping healthy and fit. Um, this is so important. Um, it's important for children not to see a parent that's not taking care of themselves. That's it. So a loving parent really needs to model this behavior and the children will follow um, and you feel better in the end. I love those. I think for me is that I believe, believe in yourself is, is my, my favorite one because at the end of the day, nobody else is ever really, as you grow, no one else is going to believe in you in the way that you want them to. The only person that's ever going to get you through all of the happy moments, all of the sad moments, all of the painful moments, all of the best moments is is you and that belief in yourself that you have everything you need in order to do that. And I think that's um, all of them are brilliant. But for me, that's the one that really rings true in believing in you. Well, uh, most of these are that you notice they're saying yourself, yourself, because you are, that is the reflection of it all. I mean, it is about ourselves. I mean, if we don't, there are so many people who lack the confidence and lack the ability to be the best that they can be. Or these people walk by a mirror and they don't see the good in themselves. Now, how many people can honestly look in the mirror and be happy with themselves, right? And say, okay, I'm doing what I need to be doing. I feel good. I look good. I'm ready to take it on. I mean, I, I, I practice that before every show, before I come on with you ladies every day. How do you like that? So, <laughs> <laughs> Do you give your arms a little kiss, Malcolm? I, I say you, you, I you look great today, brother. All right. I, yeah, speak to myself in terms of brother. Yeah. All right, Missy, you take it. What's the best, what's the best one on here for us? Well, it's it's be compassionate. I talk about being compassionate all the time. It's it's a, it's part of mindfulness for me. And so all of these things include being compassionate. But, but what I find myself that kind of go to is absolutely setting healthy boundaries, because you you can love someone. You can you can you can have your best friend or your parent or even your child. And there's a point where it's it's abusive if you don't set the right boundary and you're not modeling how empowerment and how for, for them to learn to set boundaries for themselves. So as much as you care about someone, if you're letting them constantly derail your your time, your energy, overstepping you know, uh, emotional, you know, bondage or whatever that these, you know, and, 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 um, friends or, or family can do. So, so you can, you can love someone, you can respect someone, you can, they can, you know, you can do anything in the world for them, except allow them to, uh, disempower you or, you know, cross your boundaries. And it's, it's very difficult. And, um, you know, with, with loved ones who are, are overcoming uh, substance issues, substance abuse, and I've attended some uh, Alcoholics Anonymous for the parents, um, uh, Anon meetings, trying to learn this for close friends and family members. And that's the first thing that they set is those healthy boundaries that you have to protect yourself, you have to take care of yourself. Because if you're not strong and healthy, then you're no good for them either. It's like when you're on the airplane and if the airplane's going down what do they tell you grab the mask and put it on yourself first before you put it on your children because right, right. if you go out if you suffocate if you die then they're they're going down too so you know i i really that's my go-to but it's all about compassion taking care of yourself supporting yourself loving yourself and then you will model that then you will emanate that love and light 
Well, friends, I like that. <laughs> That's what I like. I love this. I love what we're doing here. As you can't tell, this is our purpose. This is what we do. This is what we do best right here. This is where the rubber meets the road. This is the passion in all of us. It's the people. It's the connectivity. It's who we are. My wish for you all is to find that dream in your life, to find that step to bring it forward. And anything we can do to help you along that way, you let us know. Talk at americaoutloud.com we are absolutely wishing a better brighter bigger future and maybe a jump in your step as you take on the day here and you move forward listen we've got incredible programming things going on the platform be sure to keep up with us we are definitely shaking it forward here and moving on with so many incredible things happening we are being blessed and we are blessed and we're blessed that you're with us today and we thank you as always for being part of this life liberty and the pursuit of pleasure yvette taylor Missy Crutchfield, Ava Armstrong. This is Malcolm Out Loud to be continued, friends. <laughs>